Hey, 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 it's me, Katie here. Grab a notebook, add a cuppa, and join me in the sociology staff room. Hello and welcome to the sociology staff room. We've got a guest today, uh, Jenny, uh, talking about coaching. So I know you haven't got a sociology background, but coaching is something that I feel really, really, really passionate about. And I know that's something that you feel really passionate about. So I thought, I was reflecting and I was thinking to myself, we're coming up to exam period. We've got students that are feeling rightly so anxious. We've got uh, maybe teachers that are feeling anxious as well. So actually, to sort of revisit, have a look at coaching and how we can sort of embed that into our teaching practice is really, really important. So first thing, thank you for spending your morning with me and talking about coaching. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, amazing. And secondly, tell us a little bit about yourself, a little bit about your background in regards to coaching, um, just to sort of set the scene a bit. Sure. And as you say, so my background isn't sociology, but my background is education. So I've been in education for well, scarily many years um, in leadership roles, probably for the last 13 years. Um, and I'd say probably my coaching journey started about 15 years ago. I was trained to coach when I used to advise in schools and support those um, that were looking for rapid improvement. Uh, however, coaching generally really at that point was used. Um, it was like a done to rather than a done with. Mm. Um, and so it's kind of been in my skill set for quite a while but i'd say probably the impact of the pandemic has brought it back <laughs> to the forefront for me and reignited the spark and and passion um for coaching and and the power it has uh you know the staff that worked for me during covid i mean i'm sure and, and for the students everything shifted and we needed to draw on different techniques and strategies to engage and support everyone at that point. And, and coaching was just my natural go-to. Uh, and the interest, I guess, that that kind of sparked for me was just further ignited by uh, undertaking two coaching qualifications. So I've completed a CMI level seven in leadership coaching and currently completing a level seven for executive and senior level coaching plus an additional qualification in becoming um, an emotions coaching practitioner so looking specifically at the role of emotions how we view emotions and how we can support people to to kind of embrace emotions and move and move forwards oh, and amazing. i guess yeah i guess really my passions now are coming back together so my, you know, my initial passion for education and drawing that back in with coaching in a time where for teachers, leaders and students, it's a, it can be a challenging place to be post COVID. Oh, definitely. I totally, totally agree with you. And hence the reason why I thought it was really important to have these conversations. I think so much of our sort of conversations recently have been about um, in response to post COVID, but we obviously are teachers and we are uh, measured by exams or the students are measured by exams. Um, but at the same time, there's that backdrop of um, understanding around the emotions and their sort of uh, ability to cope with the change. Um, and, and definitely um, students and teachers are fully aware that there's sort of that, oh, I don't know if there's a tension, I don't know if that's the right word, but a tension between um, what they expected to do, but how they're actually feeling. And I, I'm sure that 
right now we've got uh, lots of different teachers will be building up either to mock exams for their year 11s or building up for mock exams for their year 13 students and and obviously as well we've got uh, uh, added onto that would be youth care applications and, and students waiting for those replies from universities so it's quite a can be quite a tense time if not navigated properly and i think it's just really important to maybe take a step back from like the sociology teaching as such although sociology is is more than just teaching the content it's also been aware of the social issues that affect young people and people today um so we hear the word coaching i've heard i i've, I've personally i understand a little bit about coaching in my own background but for some people there's the word coaching has been used quite a lot in education in pedagogy and there's a lot of narrative around that and sometimes that can easily get confused with the word mentoring and even the word coaching itself has been sort of muddied in in education speak. So just to start off with, can you, do you mind clarifying what the difference between coaching and mentoring is just for our listeners? Of course. I mean, as you say, they're often used as interchangeable terms, um, but actually quite different. Um, similar skill set, but different intent, different scope, but complementary, mm -hmm. I would say. Um, and both actually extremely useful and valid um, for support um and, and and with you know with teachers whether that's professional and personal support and development and pupils um again looking at overcoming barriers challenges reaching aspirations and exactly what you're talking about at the moment mm. so mentoring i always think of mentoring as like an age-old tradition so you know from generations and generations ago it's that imparting wisdom um, skills, behaviours, attitudes and knowledge. So whereas a mentor, you would be providing stories, um, you know, helping someone, you've got the luxury of foresight as a mentor, mm. you might have been through something similar before. Um, and you know, those hurdles, you know, those mistakes that can be costly, and you yeah. use advice and support to, you know, buffer somebody along. Um, it's not it wouldn't be mentoring wouldn't be completely instructional it would absolutely be based on um dialogue empowering the other person but it's a lot of wisdom and knowledge sharing um coaching is quite different coaching is very much about drawing the wisdom out of the person so rather than imparting knowledge and advice it's looking at strategies and techniques to elicit that from the person that you're coaching. Um, so that would be very much based on the belief that every individual is wholly capable. You know, mm. as a mentor, you presume that someone needs you to guide and, and walk beside them. Um, as a coach, it's very much looking at somebody, seeing who they are, where they are this moment in time and wholly accepting that as well as their capabilities. And then using skills like active listening, open questioning, and obviously different coaching models and techniques and methodologies where you can draw out discovery and new insight. And the power of drawing out insight from the person means that they're, they wholly own it. You know, often I, as a leader, I fall very naturally into a mentoring role and want to solve problems, impart knowledge with the best of intentions, sharing the plan I feel would work for them and send them on their way. And often it would mean that it was a plan they weren't wholly comfortable with, maybe isn't the, the way they learn best or the strategy that's right for them. 
coaching is a different approach. It, it's it's holding back the advice. It's challenging. It's it's embracing silence, embracing sometimes awkward, the awkwardness of deep transformational discovery where someone needs time and space to 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 discover new learning but then as a coach facilitating the journey from there so it's future focused it's solution focused it's okay what do we do with this new learning what actions will you take and the core of it is there needs to be a goal and you look at where you are now where your goal is and you coach the gap in between to help them get there and the accountability is vital so it's holding it's like an accountability partnership where you know saying something out loud to someone committing to something with a coach um often means that you're more likely to take action than just thinking about it yourself so yeah that's really powerful so what you were saying was that you know the difference between coaching and mentoring the, the temptation with mentoring is to give advice and that it but actually coaching is the that space for the answers to come from the person you're coaching uh, and this now we're mainly going to be talking about students although i'm sure that coaching would be very beneficial if not hugely beneficial to to colleagues and staff as well but as you've said rightly so as practitioners as teachers we're often good at giving advice we want to help people I, i've spoken to lots of different teachers and you know a lot of the reasons we went into teaching is to help people to to get them into a different path in their life and so on so how i mean we're not trained as coaches you've you've committed um, obviously qualifications within that but yet it was so useful to bring coaching uh, skills into our interaction with our students what tips do you have um first of all to stop that advice giving because obviously we want to help we want to be the rescue we want to go oh do this or um or students come to you and go oh i really need help with revision when do we know it's time to to mentor and, and to coach and then if it is a time to coach how do we stop ourselves because there's sort of two parts to that question yeah, sure. I mean, it's a great question. And I would say, even as somebody that has been <coughs> dedicating a lot of time to specific coaching qualifications, it's something I have to continually check myself on. Um, I would say, so first of all, like, is it a mentoring? Is it a coaching situation? I think the first step, which, let's be honest, as trained teachers, we are excellent at is just listening, you know, really tuning into our students and actually sometimes trying to switch off the external noise as teachers that we have. I, you know, I've been a teacher the, the whole of my life and let's be honest, multitasking is an understatement. You know, you're talking to a student while also considering probably like what you're doing in your next lesson, what marking needs to be done, you know, what has to be submitted by tomorrow and under the pressure, as we said about external, you know, challenges like exam stress, you know, which students are going to fulfill what you're hoping for, you know, all of these thoughts and feelings are with us all the time. So actually being able to stop and listen is, I mean, one is a luxury. Um, and two is, is a challenge. However, I think, you know, we all know, if we can give our students, even a small snippet of time, if you're going to, to offer that time, being wholly present, I would say is my top tip. You know, the same with everyone in our lives. If, if you're going to be there to offer advice or support, trying to be wholly present is ideal. And actually listening to what, you know, and, and maybe posing that first open question, like, you know, what do you, what do you need? You know, what is it that's underneath this rather than steaming in with an answer? So giving just maybe an extra question or two or, or what else? Sometimes the shortest 
really open questions can just provide a bit more information for you so you can decide is this a time actually that they just need guidance and or knowledge that I have or is this something that's more of an internal you know some barrier challenge or struggle that you think actually I think this person has this within them they don't need this from me um and then I guess from there you know yes okay not trained coaches but trained teachers I would say questioning is part of everyday life within the classroom um, and we're very skilled at that um, I would also say the nature of sociology it's all about digging deeper you know not accepting things on face value and I would absolutely say when you're looking to have you know not even to be a coach but to have like coaching conversations see it as a conversation um, something that you're probably doing a lot of already but that digging deeper you know not accepting what a student is saying on face value, you know, asking those probing open questions that can just take that a little bit deeper and to find out what what is really holding them back. Um, so especially, especially around this time, students are going to feel panicky. They might be in overwhelm and trying, you know, trying to break that down and use open questions with that active listening, you know, to just really dig into where are you? Like, where do, you, where do you need to be? Like, what are your thoughts? Okay, what options have we got to get there? Um, so yeah, I would basically say being present, really important, and then draw on those skills that you already own and the naturalness of inquiry that you have with your students already, you know, relating mm. it back to that subject. And, you know, this can be embedded, obviously, you know, when you look at human behavior, what's happening in society, you know, you're not accepting that top level. And if you think about, I think with a student or, or colleague, friend, you know, a lot of what we say is in that top level conscious mind, what we're really trying to do is to get beneath that into to a place where maybe, you know, someone's only coming to you for an answer because they've, they've, they've drawn on what's on that top level already. So it's trying to push underneath that. Yeah, definitely. I think you said some top tips there. I think, first of all, it's deciding whether that is a mentoring conversation. So mm -hmm. it might be a case of like, they just need to know where the I know, mark schemes are or mm -hmm. where the exam papers are. And so you don't need to coach, where do you think they might be? Or <laughs> da, 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 da. So it's actually, go, look, they're on the AQA website. Um, and if you click on mark schemes, they're underneath there and da, 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 done. Um, or can you recommend a good website? Potentially, you could just do that really, really quickly. So it's deciding that. And then when you are going into deciding, actually, this is something I want to coach. This is something the students know within themselves. And I, I think, like you said, there's a couple of things you said was, you know, knowing that there's trust in the students, that they may have that knowledge within them. They might feel overwhelmed, but the answer's in there. And I think we, you know, I think there's sort of, a lot of like you said, that top level information that's just coming out and they're like, oh, I can't do this or I don't want to do this or oh, um, should I not do this course at university? Should I be doing this? And all these conversations are sort of reactions to how they're feeling, but actually just taking that time. And then the sort of third thing you said that was really, really important was, you know, just if you're going to take that time, and I know it's hard for, for us as teachers mm. to take that time, but if you're going to devote that 10, 15 minutes, um, then actually doing that and just being present and listening. And actually that's the start of that coaching conversation is thinking, right, do you know what? I'm here and I'm listening because then you get into that deeper. And like you, another thing you actually said, a fourth thing was actually a sociology teacher. We know this, we talk about this a lot. We talk about open questions. We talk about um, impression management, the concept of self and analyzing that. So actually it's probably applying some of our sociological theory into practice. At what point do we say, is there a point that we say, look, actually this is not 
right because obviously there's been times like mm-hmm. at a lunch time or a break time where for whatever reason it's not convenient um is it okay to say look can you come back to me later with the risk that the student might not come back because um there's going to be times with coaching conversations like you said you've got to be present but there's also a conscious decision you've got um, a memory like this myself you know you've got students come in it in you've got students coming out you actually have no time um because you've got 30 students in front of you mm-hmm. is it okay to say look can we come back to this even though that might be really important to the student obviously as long as it's not a safeguarding issue but if it's yeah absolutely i feel you know mm. the essence of when you think about well let's be honest teaching but coaching particularly um is openness honesty and transparency um you're you're building like you do every day you're building relationships with someone um mm. and if you know you you already have these you know, really well established relationships with your students. I mean, my tip would be, be honest. And I mean, you know, coaching's about choice as well. You know, even if you feel this is not the moment, like, <laughs> I, you know, I feel there is something there that I could really support you with by probing, having some open questioning with you, but this is not the time. I think, you know, A, being honest and saying, look, you know, this is not an opportunity where we can really spend the quality time together that I feel like this issue could really do with. Um, I think I could really help you break through this if we had 10 minutes together later. You know, are you willing to return to do that together? Um, If not, this is what I could offer you in the, you know, seven seconds I have now. Um, Mm. And it might be that actually, you know, if they're not committed to return to you or actually they just want a quick answer, maybe an answer is better than nothing. And you return to that at another time where actually you, you know, you're, you're in, you're in the same space again. And you say, look, tell me, how did that go? You came to me last time. Did you pick up on anything there? You know, where did you go with that? Are you still struggling? I now have some time. Like, is, is this yeah. a good time to now pick up on that? But I think as I say, look, you know, in an ideal world, you could block out all these time for a million students. It's not the real world. We mm. know you know, time is limited, time is precious. I think it's, if we are gonna commit time, that we use it well. Um, And that also students, it's that trust, you know, to coach, you need to have rapport, you need to have trust to have an effective relationship. So if you're being honest and open with a student who, you know, knows you are that person they can go to and say, for example, you've given them great conversations before, they come to you, what you don't want is to break the rapport or break the trust. So by being honest and open to say, actually, this moment is not great for me and this is why, but if you return another time, they're not going to walk away disappointed thinking, ah, oh, do you know, last time they they had a great conversation with me. I feel they were distracted this time. They didn't really listen. I didn't feel they were overly present. And that's the same when we speak to our colleagues or, you know, if we're leading a department and we've got staff that work for us, there's going to be moments where they walk in your room and you're up to your eyes in a in something that has to be done then. And that's a priority. And I think keeping this trusting relationship where you're saying, I can speak to you, but actually, if I'm honest, it's a seven second conversation, but I would love to do this properly. And in which case, lunchtime or I mean, I know that's precious time too, but, you know, <laughs> another time of the day. I can give you my full attention because then they know where they stand. 
Yeah, definitely. And I think that's the, that's the struggle. I think sometimes it's that students want to have something resolved at that mm. moment in time, but obviously there's going to be those limitations. I'm just, as we were talking, I was thinking about coaching in the lesson, you know, like not necessarily for, oh no, exam stress and overwhelm, and that's the focus we're on at the moment, because obviously we're going to have those students coming up to this exam, feeling worried, feeling stressful. And I think I was going to ask you what the benefits around that were, were but I suppose... I mean, actually, let's talk about that first. And I've got a second question in relation to what I just think. So I'm going to write down coaching in the classroom. So we're, we're just thinking about, you know, the, the, the fact that coaching is going to be necessary right now because of the exams are potentially coming up for lots of different students, different year groups. What are the benefits? I, I know, I think I know what the benefits are. But actually, as I, as I said it, and I thought, oh, we don't need to talk about that. I think actually we do need to talk about it because... I, maybe I'm coming from a place that I feel like I know a bit about coaching, so therefore I know what the benefits are. But I appreciate a lot of our listeners may not know the benefits of coaching and 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 feel like, oh, well, actually, how do I squeeze that into my into my day with the marking, uh, <laughs> the data, um, you know, keeping the rest of the scheme absolutely. Work. And and should I, you know, should I even think about this is yeah. another skill that I want to try to de de develop? So mm. yeah, I mean the you know, the benefits are far ranging. I would say for students, what we would really want to build in the world that we live in, let's be honest, where they're faced with continuous social comparison, especially with social media. I mean, it's something I had the privilege of not growing up with um, and having to deal with as a teenager. Um, and just, I mean, the nature of our world and the rapid change that they are faced with. We look at things like AI, you know, the world is transforming in front of us. So I would say the first thing that coaching can offer students is developing resilience, how to come up against something and not fall to pieces. You know, by employing coaching techniques and, you know, I mean, obviously I could talk, to, you know, for about a year about this, but, you know, by employing coaching techniques, what you hope is some of that becomes strategies where, you know, students can self-coach. Coaching in essence is actually quite a short-term intervention. This isn't something like mentoring could go on for like, you know, I've got, I've still got a mentor that I see and, you know, we've had a mentoring almost like relationship for, I'd say like, you know, close on, you know, 17 years. Um, coaching is much more like almost, you know, if, if I was going to coach someone professionally, it would be six sessions and then they generally would maybe carry on with their life. So mm. coaching in essence is, is quite short-term. Um, what we really want to do is give them strategies so they, as I say, can become more resilient. But I think more, most importantly for students, I mean, and adults, but students in the world that we live in, it's becoming emotionally agile. Um, so understanding that emotions pass, they're transient. You know, how do we recognise, acknowledge, identify and deal with emotions? How do my thoughts and my feelings impact my behaviour? Because if we actually start to help students understand um, mm -hmm. those concepts, they can take control, they have choice. And I think the worst times in life can sometimes be where you feel there is no choice or you have no control. So I think what we're providing them with is, is basically life strategies as well as dealing with things within, within schools. Um, you know, and there's obviously the things to overcome challenges and difficulties, but just as importantly, especially when we're talking about, you know, applying to universities, it's actually how do we reach our aspirations? Like, how do we move there into that gap? So it's not always overcoming barriers. It's actually, you know, setting great, you know, great goals that are really meaningful for students and, and supporting them on that journey too.
Yeah, definitely. And I think it's like maximum, like you said, that emotional agility um, and also like maximizing their goals. I think it's like, mm-hmm. particularly this period of time for the year 13 students, they're, they're in sort of no man's land where mm-hmm. they're waiting for the exams, but also they're waiting for UCAS to say yes or no to their, so that, that, that feeling of lack of control, um, mm-hmm. I don't know if other teachers have noticed, it, but there's definitely a period of time where, you know, they haven't started the exams yet. It's a long term. And, you know, they're still waiting on offers from university. So it can be quite a challenging time for students. So being emotionally agile is really, really important. Um, so I was thinking that as you were talking, I was thinking like previously, I wrote down uh, coaching in the classroom. Obviously, coaching doesn't necessarily have to be always when there's sort of a, an, something that needs that time and that space. I was just mm-hmm. thinking, and I appreciate I'm putting you on the spot here, but what about just using coaching conversations as a way of, of maximise teaching and learning? Because I was thinking about this, I was thinking, well, actually, it doesn't have to be a lesson, uh, outside lesson time. It might not be like managing their stress and their overwhelm in a, a sense, In an, it needs to be like that sensitive space. It could be that overwhelm with, I know, in sociology, they've got to learn lots of different concepts and then mm-hmm. they've got to make a lot of links and then they've got to an- analyse. And it might be something that we could use as a strategy within the classroom to sort of, I know, I mean, we talk about this a lot, chunking information down or managing the learning expectations within the classroom. Um, how can we use that in the classroom? I know that it's a different type of stress, a different type of overwhelm, um, but actually just managing the information that we're given in, in a classroom and especially in content heavy subjects where they might feel like they've been front loaded with loads of information. How potentially we could use coaching there? I mean, I think there's huge scope for coaching, you know, embedding that within our within our strategies and and I think as a teacher, role modelling, you know, the thought processes, because basically coaching is looking very much um, just like sociology, really, at, at thought processes and the and the impact of those. Um, I mean, I would say things like when you start looking into like cognitive behavioural coaching, um, very naturally could be embedded within teaching when you're learning about um, or considering and debating people and you know behavior so that's very much based around the thoughts and feelings that we have um, about situation impact our behavior and how we respond to a situation and actually you know when we're looking at things like blame culture um, it's it's a great one because you know sometimes a situation occurs we would naturally have a thought about it um, that evokes a feeling and and really digging into what feeling is that not one of the really huge ones you know really pinpointing what is that and then look at how how does that impact the behavior as a result and then you know actually kind of analyzing that for ourselves that actually you know what would be a more helpful thought like what would have been a more helpful thought what feelings would this evoke and in which case how how would that change the impact on the behavior um and i think you know trying to understand others um you know when when we're working with other people all the time in the classroom you know you're like a team Mm. aren't you you know you've got a group of students and there's a dynamic and i think coaching around you know how well do they listen to each other how well do they question each other you Mm. know actually building those skills together in the classroom so you know looking at you know if someone says something in a discussion rather than jumping in with your opinion you know how how can we deal with that situation 
you know, can we actually create, you know, say, for example, you know, those those banks of clarifying questions that actually as adults, we can find quite challenging, because we've, we've got an idea in our head that we're ready to share, but actually, you know, using clarifying questions, and then, you know, really good coaching questions that can support other students, you know, so actually enabling us, you know, teaching our students how to coach each other. So it almost becomes like a, a group coaching situation. Um, so I think actually the skills of coaching that you could embed are almost twofold, you know, I, analyzing and on one side, you know, for analysis um, and inquiry, and on the other side, actually how you interact within the classroom and, and maybe developing those skills together. And, and I think as a teacher, again, <coughs> that, that open and honest thing of like, look, I'm interested in this. Um, and there's, you know, there's, there's great books that you can just pick up and it gives you a basis of like, you know, John Whitmore's The Grow Model. It's a very simple four stage model about how to coach, you know, you know, it's really looking at where do you want to get to? What's the reality where you are this moment in time? What options do you have? And what's going to be your way forward? Um, it, you know, even just a basic understanding of something like that, you, you know, you can actually embed within your teaching of like, okay, what's our outcome today? you know, what goal do we want to achieve throughout the lesson? Where are we all now? Like, you know, that background knowledge, like what have we covered before? Right, you know, what options, you know, in, involving the students in creating those options, what are the consequences of those? What are the costs of those? You know, what are going, you know, what are our strengths? And then deciding on a way forward. I mean, again, it's probably something I could talk. <laughs> I could talk for a week about. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, you know, I think lots of different I ideas. Like was, yeah, I think that's so true. I think you know, it was one of the natural places I was thinking for teachers to use it would be like as well um, when we're giving exam feedback to the students. Mm -hmm. so we just, you know, we might have done an end of topic assessment or. Um, you know or it might be the mock exams and the students may get feedback and it's like oh my god I've got so much to work on actually it's just them digesting well what's my goal where of all of that is a priority right now um and which one might be not less and then what are your like options of actually you know what's really realistic that you're going to do like what is um because some of the students go yeah I'm going to revise like I don't know 20 hours a day and you go well really with like you know your second your second job or like your school or yeah commitments you have might have at home and then actually what they're going to work upon I think sometimes it's it's breaking that that down so like uh, yeah. coaching it could be just as a, as a method to use when we're giving feedback with students I find that sometimes quite useful because um, definitely there's that feeling of overwhelm especially if there's um, absolutely quite a lot of red pen or whatever color you mark in it can feel a bit like oh my goodness I've got so much to work on but actually put it in perspective um that we actually haven't got until may really to have that finalized or sometimes you get year 12 students that are really worried that they're getting lower grades at this time of the year well actually in reality you're not expected to be getting high grades right now you've still got another two years to go so yeah definitely i think like you said coaching has those sort of methods and if people want to find out more like you said about the grow model that could be really really useful just and before think, we oh sorry, sorry katie no no go for it no, I was just going to say, there's also other really simple models. So with overwhelm, I mean, again, exam stress, but also just, you know, overwhelm in general, you know, they're, they're studying a range of subjects, you know, the expectations of all of those. Another great model is like the comfort zone model where you can, you know, the idea of coaching is breaking something down so that, you know, overwhelm can feel like that dark cloud where you can't see out of it. So something like the comfort zone model is great where you could identify from like the situation you're in that feels like you're in overwhelm what part you know what parts of that situation are actually in your comfort zone so like for exams you know actually the organization you know 
the you know how to revise that's actually very comfortable for that student you know what's stretchy for you that might be some of the content that you know some of the content is you know as you said knowledge they don't have yet and that's <laughs> stretchy what's panicky is maybe the actual sort of the exam and freezing but what you can then do is start to really drill down on what are those specifics that you really are panicking about or feeling stretchy with it's not the whole situation it's these yeah. small things and once you've identified those individual aspects actually option brainstorming finding actions is much easier than if you just are dealing with the exam stress <laughs> because that's just huge so yeah you're absolutely right i think breaking down overwhelm is absolutely vital yeah and if people want to find out more about that so like obviously you mentioned the grow model if people want to find about um those sort of spheres of overwhelm where might people go to find that for free because obviously teachers are poor is there like a, a sort of a person that's a go-to for that i mean you know there's there's so much about coaching i would i would honestly say probably google is, is is a good friend just to I think it's looking at core kind of simple models. So like, as I say, the grow model, if you put that into Google, you get a load of results, you know, um, the comfort zone model I've just mentioned again, I mean, that's something that, you know, you, once you've, you've looked at together, they can self coach and it's a strategy, you know, everyone can use, you know, students and, and teachers moving forwards. Um, I would say, you know, I've talked about emotional agility, um, there's a great book by Susan David, so it's called Emotional Agility. Um, and, you know, I mean, to be honest, you know, in the coaching world, you know, things are changing very quickly. There's a lot of information coming out. It, it's, it's a world that's also expanding and rapidly changing. So I, I would say as long as it's um, a trusted source and something that you feel, you know, would work, you know, I, I would just say explore and probably the best thing to start for me, if I was going to say to someone, you know, go and go and have a go, I would look at, you know, um, the coaching questions that, you know, if you if you look for coaching questions, even ones that would say support the grow model, it would give you a really good idea of the kind of questions that you could use. Um, but they may well already be within your toolkit because of because of teaching It's just reminding yourself of you know what are those open questions and uh you know how how can i dig deeper with students yeah definitely i think it's like that thing i think there's a quote once that i, I read i can't remember really how it goes but it's something along the, the ideas students care when you care and i think mm. if they know that you care genuinely care um then they will come along with that journey with you and as long as it's done with that authentic um, manner um, and I appreciate that we all have lots to do um, and we have lots of marking to do and all the other things like different stakeholders but you know putting those students uh, first and having those conversations mm -hmm. as well as yourself actually as well I think that's really important and I think right now will be some tricky conversations with students just because of the nature of the time of the year we're in so I think coming back to those sort of open questions like you said that we probably did in mm -hmm. our teaching practice right at the beginning um, is really really important uh, and I'm sure lots of teachers are probably doing that without even aware that they're doing it mm -hmm. um, yes thank you for your time I really really appreciate it lots to think about there um, for, for us to take up on board but yeah thank you and Thanks I appreciate I feel like like you said we could have spoken about this forever um <laughs> but um but we, we haven't got forever but yeah if you want to find out more obviously uh, we'll put some bits into the bio into the link on this as well if you want to uh, find out a bit more about coaching so thank you and have a lovely afternoon Jenny thank you
Thank you very much. Goodbye. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. The Sociology Stuff Room is brought to you by tutor to you Sociology. Find us at tutor2u.net forward slash sociology or follow us on Twitter at tutor2usoc or Instagram at tutor2usoc. You can also join our very lively Facebook groups for sociology teachers. See you soon.